0: I put a lot of focus on my website because as a business owner, if you put too much stock in social media and like, let's say Facebook blows up tomorrow, what do you have? If you're not ranking for any terms, you're not able to get people to your site, you're going to have this massive gaping hole in how you actually drive leads.
1: This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to TheOffBeatLife.com to subscribe. In this week's episode, I'm super excited to speak with Jessica, who is a content marketing consultant, coach, host of the Mindset Reset radio podcast, and Mindset Shifter. Her goal is to flip your perspective on what's possible by teaching you how to get intentional in life, business, and career. So listen on to find out how Jessica uses organic marketing and mindset shifting to help businesses grow. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited to be with Jessica. Hey Jessica, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm wonderful. Can you tell us
0: a little bit about you and why you live an offbeat life? Sure. Um, I feel like that's such a a big question. Um, <laughs> I'll, I guess I'll start with what I do. So I'm an organic content marketer. So my whole career, I've done content strategy, social media strategy, social media marketing. Pretty much anything that falls under the umbrella of content marketing that's not paid. So, I run that as my business, and I'm currently building out another sort of, I guess, branch of my business. I just released a podcast, Mindset Reset Radio, which I'm super excited about. And on this other side of my business, it's really mindset focused. So, it came out of, I suppose, living an offbeat life. Living very intentionally has been something that's always been important to me. And because of living with intention, meaning, you know, I define that as you don't just have a plan or goals, but you're actively choosing to move toward those goals or move along that plan, even when it's very difficult to do that. So often it's easier to choose the quick win or you know, the immediate gratification rather than saying, no, I want to stay focused and, you know, moving ahead toward what I really care about and what I really want. So in all of that, I have um, written a book that I'm hoping to secure a publisher for uh, this year. Um, And I released a podcast and I'm just building a community of what I call intention getters. So people that want to live with intention and move with power toward whatever it is that they want. And Because I work for myself and I run my own business in 2019, my husband and I actually traveled the world for eight months. So we did that while I was running my business and writing my book. So that was really, really incredible. And uh, it was just one like giant bucket list item that we had both been wanting to do for a long time. And it finally seemed like the right time to do that. So we traveled everywhere from... Australia to Southeast Asia to Europe and Northern Africa over the course of, yeah, I think it was eight months. So that's sort of my my offbeat life. And I've moved cross-country twice. <laughs> the second time was about a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lot of transition for you within the last
1: year or so. That must have been a huge journey. How did you even prepare for that to make Those huge changes and leaps with your life?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. It has definitely been a challenge. The leaps to travel and move weren't the challenge. What's been challenging is really settling in after having traveled for so long. I mean, pre-traveling last year, it was definitely just a lot of, I don't know what this is gonna look like. I don't know if I'm even gonna be able to get work done. Like, am I gonna be able to keep my business afloat? What does that all look like? Because pretty much every place we were going, we'd never been to before. And um, I'd never, I've run my business remote for a long time, but not while traveling the world. So there was a bit of just like mental prep of like, okay, we're just going to figure this out as we go. And for anyone who's listening, who's traveled, um, who's done an extended trip globally, you know, it's actually not as difficult as it seems. And I mean, it got to the point where we were just like booking our next location, like three days before we were going there. It was just, So easy to actually do. And then the move back here was a little strange. So I just moved from San Diego, where I've lived for nine years, back to my home state of Vermont. So I live in Burlington, Vermont right now. And that was not bad because we were ready. We were very much ready to leave San Diego and come back here. But being back here has been really challenging because not only are we on quarantine, so we can't do any of the things that we know and love here in Burlington but uh, it just it's the first time we're settling in a year it's been almost exactly a year the day that we moved here from when we had left for australia last year so it's just been a challenge settling in and being okay with knowing that we aren't going to be traveling anytime soon <laughs> that's, that's- biggest challenge, I think. I think it's a lot
1: of challenges for people who are constantly on the go and then now they find themselves staying put and they have no choice but to do that as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. And especially not knowing when we're going to be able to travel. Like if I knew we wanted to go to New Zealand in November, we were planning on spending the month of November in New Zealand this year. And if I knew like fine, November, it'll be fine, then that'll be great. But it's so it's such an indefinite space that we're all in right now that it just, yeah, that's, I feel like that makes it even harder because you just don't know when we're going to be able to do that again.
1: With all of the transitions that you have made from not just working remotely, but being a digital nomad to now moving cross country, have you had any what now moments after doing all of these different types of journeys?
0: Well, I suppose like, right now feels like a what now moment though. There's so much going on. No, I think honestly, at this point, we, we sort of, it was probably our second full month of our trip that we realized we were thinking about moving. We, we, so we owned a house in San Diego cause we had no intention of leaving San Diego. So in about our second month of travel, uh, my husband and I both realized we were sort of feeling pulled back to Vermont. And so we didn't say anything to anybody for probably like two or three months. Cause we wanted to just like let it sit and see if that felt right. So once we decided it did feel right, we were big planners. Um, so we made a plan to live in Vermont mid-December through the first week of March. My grandparents live in Florida for the winter. So we were able to live in their house just to make sure we definitely wanted to be here. So, we knew that was coming. And then when we were here, we knew that if we were feeling good about it, we would want to try to get a lease for an apartment. So, we had a place to come back to because we were planning on coming back in the early spring or late spring, I guess. So, we knew that was coming. And then we knew this was coming. You know, we were only in in San Diego for a little over a month before moving back. So, I don't feel like there were many of those moments, just but only because like we're just big on planning things. So, we always sort of knew what was coming up next.
1: What would you say has been the most helpful for you when you are making these changes? I know that you say you like to plan things. What are some of the things that you automatically go to when you are through these process?
0: Hmm. Um, Well, I suppose it always starts from a place of ideal. So like, what do we want most? Like, what would be the ideal scenario and how can we make a plan for that? So for example, when we wanted to get an apartment, um, we wanted to sign a lease, we started looking at apartments, but there were a few new apartments in the Burlington area, specifically the ones we're living in are right on the water. So Burlington, Vermont is right on Lake Champlain. It's very beautiful, staring out at the lake as we speak. So it was sort of like the ideal would be that we're on the water. Because we'd like to be there for the summer and traveling and just life in general, I've always, we've both always been drawn to the water. So then the plan was like, okay, let's go and look for places that fit that description and then go backward from there. So we sort of have like a a back into it approach and only compromise as needed. So that's generally where the planning starts. And then it's just figuring out what works and sticking to it. To-do lists. I'm a big to-do list person. If it's not on my to-do list, it won't get done. Pros and con lists, checklists, any sort of list is usually <laughs> um, a tool in our planning process.
1: <laughs> I can definitely agree to that. I love checklists. It makes life so much easier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Let's go back to when you first started your company and starting Organic content marketing. How did you decide to pinpoint on that specific niche for yourself?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I I was sort of thrust into organic content marketing in my first job. Um, My first salaried job where I was getting, I couldn't believe I was getting paid full time to write all day. In that position, that very first one, I started learning things that I use every day in my business now. So I was learning about SEO, which is search engine optimization. I was learning about link building, which is a tool that you can use to boost your websites, SEO. So I was just sort of put into it. And then one day, actually, my entire team got fired, except for me. (laughs) And they were like, okay, no one is here to do social media anymore. So figure it out. So I sort of just like trial by fire learned as I went. And I had, I think it's six jobs in seven years. Each job, I was being very intentional. And I was specifically leaving to move into a higher position or position where I would be happier and more fulfilled. But along that path, I was able to just learn such a variety of skills. And all of them happened to fall under the organic umbrella. So I have done some paid advertising, but I just didn't like it. I'm not a math person. I'm not a budget person. So for me, it just didn't feel like a good fit. It just sort of actually really stressed me out. If you've ever run a paid campaign, (laughs) uh, you'll know that it's really stressful if you don't fully know what you're doing. So I just sort of had made the decision like, I'm good not doing paid. I don't really want to learn about how that works or get better at it. There's so many people that do paid advertising. So I sort of fell into it. And then I was working contract for a digital marketing agency, um, remote, and Because of the work I was doing for them, I was naturally starting to pick up clients on the side. And so I sort of started building a side hustle with all these different things that I do, like link building and freelance writing and social media management. And I eventually, in July of 2018, got to a point where I didn't know if I was ready to take it full time, but I was just sort of put in a position where it was like, this is the only option. So I already had some clients and I was like, okay, uh, if I have 40 hours a week to do this and to be focused on this business, I'm pretty sure I can build it. And I did. So sort of just organically, I guess, for lack of a better word, made my way there and then was able to turn it into the business I run now.
1: When you first started out and you didn't have a lot of experience, how were you able to find the people that you were going to be working for? And once you actually knew and had experience, how did you land your first clients?
0: So this is always a a hard question for me to answer because it honestly just was happening. So I didn't say to myself I want to start a business. I didn't know that I wanted to be a business owner. When I was working remote, I just happened to be picking up clients and I'd always done freelance writing on the side in addition to my full-time job just cuz as a writer just you know, why not? So I was able to get clients like through friends that I worked with and stuff. Um they would just like introduce me. And then I was doing freelance for an old boss of mine. So when I started building my business, it just... It, it happened naturally because of the way that I run my business. I feel like I'm talking circles around this. Um, it happened naturally because I do a lot of link building. So link building is the process where... The way that I do it, where I write articles for websites. And then I get links to my client's website in that article. But I write for really great websites like Business Insider and Fast Company and Virgin and Glassdoor. And so because I'm doing so much outreach, because I need to be finding new sites to get uh, to write for so I can get my clients links on them. I'm inherently like basically multiple times a week doing sales outreach. That's not the point of it but I'm reaching out to the people who are hiring freelance writers or contractors. So because of that, I very often will get a response when I reach out saying, can I talk to the person who manages the blog? Someone will look at my website and I'll get a response saying, that's me. We're looking for freelance writers or we're looking to hire on a contractor. Are you interested in talking? So that is honestly how most of my clients have come to me. And now as a more of an established business, I put a lot of focus on my website because as a business owner, if you put too much stock in social media and like, let's say Facebook blows up tomorrow, what do you have? If you're not ranking for any terms, you're not able to get people to your site. You're going to have this massive gaping hole in how you actually drive leads. So as an organic marketer, I know that's important. So I put a lot of focus on my website and creating fresh content and SEO optimizing. So because of that, I'm actually now starting to get a ton of leads through my site. For both the coaching, I offer marketing coaching and then also for consulting, which is like the writing and the link building and SEO work.
1: It's so important to do that, to have your own content that you own, (laughs) because we don't own anything else. You know, like you said, Facebook and Instagram, TikTok, all of these places can just leave us any time. And that's a scary thought. So that's a great tip that you just gave us there, Jessica.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And when you're saying that, I'm thinking of all my IGTV videos and how none of my (laughs) None of the stuff on my phone is organized. I'm like, shoot, maybe I should start organizing that. <laughs> so God forbid something happened. I can find it all. There's um, always something that you can find to do, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Put it on the to-do list. <laughs> I also love that you
1: organically, not just your business, you know, you're doing organic marketing, but even for your own business, that's what you do as well, is just finding new clients and not doing it even Super intentionally, they just come to you because of the actions that you have made for yourself. For somebody who has never done this before and they're interested in what you are doing, Jess, what kind of skills should they build in order to get to the point where you are or even close to it?
0: Hmm. Um, if you wanted to do organic content marketing as a business or as freelance, The good news is there's a lot of stuff in there. So if you have skills in social media, you can work in this area. If you are a great writer, you can work in this area. If you've been in traditional PR, you can work in this area. Like the outreach that I do is not traditional PR outreach, but it is the benefit. One of the benefits of what we do in addition to SEO is the brand authority and thought leadership of the people who I'm linking to and sourcing and quoting. So there are a lot of skills and there's a ton on sites like Upwork and, you know, Upwork is always, uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't um, in terms of finding work. But on any of those sites, it's really, really easy to find this type of marketing work because so many businesses need it right now. And so many businesses are looking to pay as little as possible. So if you're new You can offer a lower price point to start building that client base and get your testimonials and get that experience. And then, you know, slowly start increasing your pricing and and building out clients that will be with you long term.
1: Yeah. And also, I have to say, there's a lot of Facebook groups out there that are geared towards Mm -hmm. specific niches, and you can definitely find jobs that way, too. I mean, I see it all the time when we look for remote jobs for our sites. There's so many people just asking for Mm -hmm. a lot of different work that they are willing to pay for.
0: Yeah, there are. Um, I'm actually not a part of any, but my, my husband is also in marketing and product marketing and content. And he is part of a Slack channel. That's like a public Slack channel where he's actually gotten, he got one connection that who just keeps bringing him clients. Um, so it has been extremely fruitful for him. So if you're a Slack person, I know there's a number of like open Slack communities out there where you can find work as well.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't even know that. So that's a good, another good tip from Jess. <laughs> <laughs> we're here for the tip. <laughs> when you decided, you and husband decided to set off to start your own businesses, to travel the world, and do this remotely. How much money did you guys actually save, and how were you able to make your income last?
0: Yeah. So because I was running my business full time, we didn't save anything like not nothing extra outside of our normal savings routine, because I wasn't planning on doing anything differently. I did bring so I have five contract writers, contractors that write for me. So because I have people that work for me, this would be a tip I would give. If you're at a place in your business where you can hire a virtual assistant, or you can hire someone to help with some of the work, You can really maintain a full business without actually working full time. So, our goal was each to work 20 hours a week or less. And before we left, I was probably working like 25, 30 hours a week. So, when we started doing that, I realized that I could maintain everything that I was doing, maybe assign a little bit more content to my writers. And I did bring on one of my best friends who was one of my writers, also became my marketing coordinator. So I put a little bit more on her plate. But for the most part, I didn't really change much. It was just about like optimizing my time and prioritizing my day. So knowing that I feel like oftentimes we get in the weeds or we feel like we have so much to do because we're trying to like overpromise. We're trying to do more than what needs to be done. So for me, a habit that I started while I was traveling was like, what needs to be done today? Like what absolutely needs to be done right now? That's my priority for the day. And then if I can slip one of these other things in, great. So rather than like taking up all my time on things that maybe weren't like mission critical, important, I was focusing 100% on the things that needed to be done that day. So, you know, that allowed me to work about 20 hours a week. And in that time, I was maintaining my full client load. I think last year was my biggest revenue year yet. um, And I was traveling for eight months of that time. And uh, when we were in Europe, I also was working even less. I was working maybe 10 hours a week. So I think it's all about knowing where you can delegate and also scaling. I guess that's one other thing I would add is scaling up your pricing. I've been very conscious about increasing my pricing at pretty regular intervals, even if just a little bit, and then either telling clients that aren't paying that much, I'm increasing my pricing or getting rid of them to sort of open up space for the clients that are willing to pay the rate that I'd like to make and that make it possible for me to you know, live and work like this.
1: When do you actually decide to start raising your prices? Because that's one of the things that a lot of freelancers are really afraid to do because they don't want to lose money.
0: And it's tough. It really, really is tough to raise rates on current clients, especially. So I feel like there are a number of things to say here. The first being, I think, raising your rates once a year with at least with new clients. So like at the end of the year you write up your new rates and then any new client you bring on comes in at that rate. Assuming that you're growing and offering more to the clients. You always have to be able to say especially with current clients, this is why I'm charging you more. This is why it's worth paying more because I earned these new contacts or I've bought this new software that's going to help you. But I think there's nothing wrong with doing that once a year. And that's what I've been doing, especially when you're starting at the bottom, because when you're starting at the very beginning, you're probably charging very, very minimal. So but the something that I've really, really learned, someone said this to me, and it's not really a novel idea, but it's something that really stuck with me, is that when one client leaves or one client says no, it's because the universe is opening up space for something better to come in. And I don't know if that sounds too woo-woo for people that are listening, but I firmly believe that if I'm moving toward what I want, the universe is also supporting me in that. So for me, it's really been a game of trust and trusting in my pricing, trusting that what I am charging is based on the value that I provide. And if someone doesn't want to pay that, then they are not a client that I want to have. And trusting that no matter what, I will make it work. Like if I have to take a part-time job, I will. If I have to pick up some work that I don't really want to take from Upwork, I will. Knowing that there are options, if for some reason I reached such a lull that I needed to go that route, I can. So I think there's a, there's a big element of trust in raising your rates and, and believing that you'll get paid that. And I suppose the last piece I'll say, because this was big for me, was when you take on work that's not... You know, like, you know, Let's say you give your rates and the client says, oh, well, we can only pay this much. When you take on work that you're not getting properly paid for, you're just going to resent the client and the work. That happened to me so many times. I would be so irritated that I was working on something knowing that they should have been paying double. But I was so scared to say no that I took it on anyway. So... There's a lot of moving pieces in there, but for me, I I choose the route of trusting that if I value myself, other people are going to value that and knowing that people that don't value that aren't people that I want as clients anyway.
1: And I think once you do that, it just becomes easier and easier. So you just have to take that first step and just do it.
0: Yes, absolutely. And And there have been, I've had a lot of clients who I've had to say, or, you know, potential clients who have said, you know, I really can't, we can't pay that we can only do this much. And you know, your wiggle room space, you know what I mean? Like always, if you can pitch higher reasonably. So if they come back, you're and want to negotiate, you have space there. And if there's value in working with them outside of monetary, like they have some great connections, or you think it's someone who is running an agency, who's going to bring you multiple clients, you know, you have to decide what's worth it for you. But yes, doing it once you do it once and you see that it's going to be okay and and you can sort of weather the ups and the downs, it definitely becomes easier.
1: So just when you were traveling abroad and you were going from place to place in all of these different countries, what type of international insurance did you use?
0: Oh, we had was it I think it might have been insurance through Blue Cross Blue Shield. They have like a digital nomad Insurance that covers a certain, I think we had to do it for a full year or something, or maybe we, or we canceled ahead. I can't remember, but it was through a vetted company that we had, that we'd like heard of. But there are so many insurance options out there. Absolutely. There's definitely
1: a lot of travel insurance and even now everyone is kind of clamoring and wishing they had done it. There's a lot of also Mm -hmm. digital nomads who are stuck somewhere and they find out that their insurance providers actually exclude things like pandemics or natural disasters in their policy cover. So if you were to fall ill and need treatment for coronavirus, for example, or something similar to this pandemic, they wouldn't be covered and would need to pay for the treatment yourself. So that's a horrible thing to do because you're already freaking out about what's happening around you. Your family is far from you. That's horrible. That's why I'm really glad to be working with Integro Global. They believe it's their duty to support their members in uncertain times like these and really stand by them when they need Integra. They have no exclusions for pandemics or natural disasters in any of the plans. So if you guys want to know more, check out IntegraGlobal.com and see how they can give you the coverage you'll need and maybe some you never knew you would because obviously nobody knew that this was going to happen. I mean did any of us really? Because this is crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that is really scary that it wouldn't cover um a pandemic i mean obviously who would think about that before this happened
1: (laughs) yeah it's really nuts and i think there's been a lot of insurance companies that people have been fighting with because of that and oh my goodness that must be so scary especially when you're so far
0: from home yes yes i can only imagine gosh that's what Ben and I, my husband's Ben, we keep saying we're so grateful we traveled last year because who knew this would have happened if we'd put it off one year, we would not be doing that right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you have to seize the
1: moment, guys, when you can, because you never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Jessica, let's fast forward to 30 to 40 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for?
0: Ooh, that's quite a question. I want to be remembered for helping people realize their power. For me, that's been one of the biggest things in this other side of my business as I'm publishing my book and building this community and figuring out what that all looks like. The reason I started all of this was because when we were planning to travel, making um, like the months leading up to it, we would tell people what we're doing and of the people will respond back and say, oh, that sounds awesome. I wish I could do that. And my, my response was, you can. I'm not special in any way other than the fact that I decided I wanted to do this and I'm doing it. So for me, I really, really love flipping your perspective on what's possible and helping you see that we all have the power to choose. Every single day, we have the power to choose what we want and where we want to go and who we want to be. And by living with intention and and choosing from that place of personal power, you can travel the world or start a business or write a book, whatever it is you want to do. So I think I'd like to be known for helping people realize that, like really genuinely making a difference in in that way.
1: Yeah. And there's so many people, especially now what with everybody is going through that need that motivation. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: absolutely. And I'm happy to provide it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Are you working on anything currently that is really exciting to you? As I mentioned, the podcast is very exciting to me. I actually, we met at New Media Summit, you and I, and I had no intention of starting a podcast at New Media, Sum- Media Summit. I had been a guest on a number of podcasts, including Melanie Benson, which is how I ended up going to the event because she told me about it. But lo and behold, for some reason, COVID hit and my creativity absolutely peaked. And I just was going through this place of just so much inspiration and excitement. So I'm really excited about that, um, about my book uh, that I will hopefully be getting a publisher for soon. And in the process of building my audience around mindset and the book that I'll be publishing, I'm also actually going to be releasing some Amazon Shorts So hopefully the first one will be released next week. And I'm hoping to partner with a charity. So half the proceeds will go toward the charity that I end up um, collaborating with. So I'm really excited about that because I'll be able to get some published work out there and reach some people and also, you know, help people who are struggling during COVID. Um, So that's what's going on with me.
1: (laughs) Well, there's a lot of things that's definitely you need to be excited about and we're excited about it too. If our listeners want to know more about you, where
0: can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels. Uh, They can find my marketing work at jessicathiefels.com. I'm on Twitter. I love Twitter. So I'm on Twitter at uh, just jthiefels actually. And... Yeah, that's basically it. Instagram is really my hub where I'm talking about all this stuff and announcing book updates and sharing tips. I also share a daily journal prompt in my Instagram stories um, every single day. So if anyone's listening and they like journaling or want to journal more, the prompts help to hold you accountable to actually making it happen.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much, Jessica, for being here today and giving us all of these amazing tips absolutely thank you so much for having me i hope you enjoyed this interview with jessica make sure to visit the offbeatlife.com again that's the to get the extended interview where she shares how to use link building to grow your site and business hey listeners have you ever thought about starting your own podcast Lucky for you, I have created a new site that will help you learn how to launch, grow, and monetize your own show. I offer one-on-one mentorship programs, and I'm launching an ebook, How to Create a Profitable Podcast, that can help you take your podcast from hobby to profitable business. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com to learn more. Again, that's howtocreatepodcast.com. See you there. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location independent story works will unfold.